This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're munching ice cream on our way into episode number 41. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Mamas and Daddies, this is Kristen from Natural Birth and Baby Care, and I am here with episode 41 of the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast. Today, we are going to talk about your baby's experience in pregnancy, and next week, we're going to talk about how your baby experiences birth. I think that these are just fascinating topics, and I've been planning to talk about them for a while, and I'm really excited to talk about them. Uh, Because I think that this is something that we feel like we know about because, you know, if you go over to whatever the standard baby site is that Google is featuring at the top when you search for pregnancy or whatever, all of them will send you a little newsletter every week telling you about what's going on with your baby. So we think about the fact that, okay, this week baby has fingers and this week baby has toes and this week baby's heart's beating and So, you know, X, Y, Z is happening in whatever week. And we think about, okay, that's what baby's experiencing. But really, I've I've been doing so much study. I just, I feel so blessed. For the past year, I've been enrolled in a school just for my own continuing education so that I can help help parents like you better during pregnancy and parenting and I have just learned so much even above and beyond what I thought I knew I mean because I had been a mom for 12 years and into pregnancy and parenting and birth and all of that for 12 years but this last year has just it's made it so much more rich and I just I've got three years three years left before I managed to graduate from this school so I can't imagine what else I'm going to learn. But one thing that I have learned is I have learned that so many things that we we only brush the surface as parents. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about so many of those things over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about today baby's experience in pregnancy and then baby's experience in birth. We're going to understand what physiological birth really is. Um, we're going to talk about how your body changes in pregnancy and not just you get bigger. <laughs> um, I, I know I talked about that a little a couple of weeks ago that we were going to that we were going to go above and beyond the okay you're going to get bigger and you might be wobbly and you have to pee a lot. But anyways, just this is a lot of what I've been focusing on learning the last in the last year. And this what I'm about to talk about today has really been in the in the last few months. I went to a workshop earlier this year and it was just phenomenal. And it gave me a taste of this, and I've just been digging in in my coursework since then. So babies really, they have a rich experience during pregnancy that goes far above and beyond what we may think, what we may think that it is or that it was, and it's just fascinating. So first of all, your baby does experience a lot of growth during pregnancy, your baby is going to change from, you know, a single egg who is met by a sperm to just a fully formed human being. Really, 
by by the eighth week of pregnancy, which is about the point when your baby goes from being termed an embryo to a fetus, your baby's all of your baby's major organ systems and systems have formed. And so by the time you're at 12 weeks of pregnancy, your baby is is a human being in miniature. And I actually have a page on my site called um, Pregnancy Week by Week. And you can go to that page on my site. I'll link to it in the show notes. And if you scroll down, there are pictures depicting baby development. Some of them are pictures that I have been commissioning by an artist, and he's working through the entire series. And he's gotten up through, I think, about week seven done now. Um, and so those are just artwork. But there are also photographs taken by doctors where families lost their baby to miscarriage, and the doctors were able to get a picture of the baby pretty much fully formed. So if you're sensitive to that sort of thing, you may want to skip this, which is why I say, but they're all babies who were lost to miscarriage. So it was a natural miscarriage, and the doctors just happened to be able to get a picture of the full baby. And it's very fascinating to look at. Uh, I think the latest one that I have is a baby that was lost at about 14 weeks of pregnancy. So the baby had been forming for about 12 weeks. And they just, I mean, they look like a little person. It's incredible. So your baby does a lot of development in those early weeks. And, and then the rest of pregnancy is spent growing and developing. And then especially in the last trimester and especially in the last six weeks of pregnancy, your baby's brain goes through a massive amount of development and, um, and your baby also puts on a lot of weight. So really your baby is experiencing phenomenal growth and it's incredible and I I mean throughout my pregnancies I've really liked those baby development things though I usually skip the the services via email because they're pretty mainstream medical technology get all kinds of testing done and stuff that I just opt out of but I still have a book that I like to look at and and I'll still look at A Child is Born which is a book that shows some baby development pictures and I just I think it's incredible and during a lot of pregnancies I felt led to kind of follow along with my baby's development every week and I've enjoyed that but yeah so your baby is growing and developing and many parents like to see that but another thing that I think that is important because when we think about a baby growing we think about it at being at an incredible rate and it really is incredible how quickly a baby goes from just a little egg and a little sperm meeting to a human infant in just 40 weeks or really just 38 weeks because pregnancy is dated from about two weeks before conception actually occurs that's incredible but the reality is is there are a lot of pauses um, and this is something that I learned from Karen Strange who she primarily teaches neonatal resuscitation but she also teaches a lot about what's going on with baby's perspective to help um, her first responders to, to be more compassionate towards the baby and to encourage the baby's life force as well as just the mechanics of breathing. But, but she talks about that there are pauses. So she, her example that she likes to use is when you watch on the Discovery Channel and, and the flowers blooming, they do the the sped up version where you see this beautiful flower go from a tightly closed 
bud to just blooming. And if you watch some of these CGI animation videos of a baby developing in the womb, it's often like that. I mean, you see the little sperm meet the egg and then bloom, 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 bloom. You know, in three minutes on YouTube, you've seen a baby fully develop, just like on the Discovery Channel. And the reality is, uh, as Karen shared, that that's not the case. I mean, there is a lot of development going on, and cells, once they're living, they're always maintaining themselves. But the reality is, is that there are pauses built into that. So there are times when things pause, or when a system is geared up, and then it, it, it slows for a time or it pauses in its development for a time and something else begins working. I mean there are there are pauses throughout life even when a flower is opening like the Discovery Channel. I mean you'll see minutes even in the animation where it looks choppy because it doesn't happen smoothly because it paused. The flower paused for a little bit excuse me before it unfurled its petals. And the reason why I'm sharing that is is to remind you that things are going in a design and a blueprint. That's the way that Karen likes to put it. I mean, there's a blueprint for this um, fetal development, baby development, and it's just it's got starts and stops and steps. But it's something that's designed to happen in a certain way and is remarkably consistent throughout all babies. It's just, I mean, I think, I think it's incredible. And maybe that's part of the reason why I love the work that I do is just the miracle of all of it from pregnancy and birth. But it's a time to honor and respect because there is something amazing, mama, going on within your womb or daddy, um, within, you know, within your wife or your partner. And it's just beautiful and it's a wonderful thing and it's something to stop and consider. It's something to pause and think about. Another thing that Karen shares is that the baby, in addition to having these pauses and at times of growth and times of rest, a baby is also slower paced than, <laughs> than somebody who's already been born. Their brain waves are about six to ten times slower than ours. So baby really is living in this kind of slower, uh, just, you know, not so hectic of a pace, this slower reality. And I think that's, that's something good to consider, especially when you're zipping about life during pregnancy. And this is not, it's not to create any sort of guilt in you. And none of what I'm going to talk about this week or next week is meant to induce guilt and I know that sometimes it can but it's really meant to inform and empower you but just remember that your baby is your baby's going through a blueprint and a growth and development that is that's proven for our species and it's also something to honor uh, to honor as you're in pregnancy and as you're considering what's going on with your baby Another thing that Karen says, uh, and this is where we really get into talking about what your baby's experience is like besides just kind of slower than ours, maybe less intense, is that, that she says whatever the mother is, the baby is. 
And Sarah Buckley also talks about this a lot too. And I'm gonna I'm gonna reference you to several speakers and authors who are experts in this field. Uh, but but essentially, what it comes down to is your baby is living in a hormonal bath, and the womb environment is kind of reflective. Is kind of reflective of your emotional and hormonal world. You as the mother, and also you, daddy, if you're listening. You have a really powerful impact on this, and I think this is a great podcast episode for dads to listen to because you have the ability to hold this time of pregnancy very sacred and protected for your wife or your partner. You have the ability to field people who are causing her stress and Perhaps, sometimes a forceful way. My husband has occasionally had to be pretty forceful, sadly, with family members um, who were just really disrupting the peace and causing stress and say, look, you know, you need to back off. And people will listen to him, whereas as women, we tend to be more apologetic and less, uh, less prone to stand up for ourselves. But you as a daddy can really run interference you can support her and uh, just be there for her emotionally. Somebody to listen or helping her find somebody to listen or encouraging her to do what she needs to do to care for herself in a way that she may not she may not feel she should, but really she should. So, you know, you can, uh, you can give her permission, so to speak, because some moms need that. They need you to say, hey, it's okay if you go take care of yourself. And, and you can hold that space and help run interference for negative influences. So you can really help create an outside environment that helps her create an inside environment that is what baby needs. So baby is always in a hormonal bath for the mama. And that always has an influence on the baby. Now, it is incredible just how early... In pregnancy, your baby becomes aware. Um, I mean, babies can pick up on differences in emotion. They understand if they're wanted or if they're unwanted. They can even pick up on mama's subconscious worries and concerns. And again, this is not to make anybody guilty because, I mean, I've I've been there feeling ambivalent in a pregnancy, not sure did I want to be pregnant right now, was I ready for a baby or for another baby, um, and you know, I've certainly had extremely stressful pregnancies, so uh, this isn't to make you feel guilty, it's just to help you be aware more than anything, but babies, uh, baby senses are just, they develop so quickly, so um, I think it was David Chamberlain who said this, but babies are more sensitive, more emotional, and more cognitive than we used to believe. So babies just, even in the womb, and another thing that he said is fetal movement is voluntary, spontaneous, and graceful, not jerky and reflective as previously reported. And I just, I thought that was a beautiful quote, which is why I wrote it down. So babies, I mean, they learn in the womb, and this starts early. I mean, babies' hearing starts early, just around the end of the first trimester. And all a baby's senses are really coming on board and coming online in the second trimester. Your baby is picking up on your emotional world. He or she can learn. So if you play music consistently for your baby and it's usually the same album or if you play an instrument and you play the same thing over and over again or daddy if you do, baby 
baby really picks up on that and will prefer that outside the womb. If you read a story, so mom or daddy, if you read a story to the baby every night and it's the same story, then your baby will actually be comforted by that story after birth. So it's just, it's incredible just how much babies can take in and how much they're aware. And they really are aware of even the slightest nuances in their mom's feelings and in their mom's emotions. Uh, and, and so you have so much, and again, this is, another, like I said, this is somewhere that you really shine, Daddy, because you can contribute, you can run interference, you can help Mom create this peaceful environment. And, you know, if, if a mama is feeling ambivalent or unsure, like I just shared, the baby picks up on that, but, but there's so much that you can do by being supportive of a mom or you mom by finding people who are supportive of you to help you feel ready and to help you overcome those feelings. And, and there's a lot that you can do just physically or, um, you know, ritualistically. And by that, I don't mean dancing around in a circle with a mask on. I mean, you know, every night I come home and I put on my favorite music and I eat a uh, pint of ice cream in my recliner and I chill out and I just feel happy and relaxed with the world. That, that sort of ritual. Um, but, but all of this, the baby feels it. So... To talk specifically about the baby, if you are really stressed out, then your baby feels that. And I want to say that it's not bad for your baby to feel stress because your baby really needs to experience stress. Stress is part of life, and so that's a good thing. What becomes challenging is when there's chronic stress. So an example that Karen gave in her workshop is she talked about what if you are driving and somebody pulls out in front of you? And so you just narrowly miss them. And what happens when that happens? Your heart's beating fast. Adrenaline is pumping. I mean, your eyes are just... I mean, all these physical things are happening. And so you get, you get to where you can stop. You're at a light or you're able to pull off the side of the road and take a minute to chill out or pull into a parking lot. So you've just experienced extreme stress, and your baby is feeling that too. And so what Karen recommends is that you sit down and you take some deep breaths. She's really she's a huge fan of a feeling where your body is in space. So she says you take some breaths, and then you notice that your butt is on the seat of the car, and you just calm down and you focus on feeling your butt on the seat of the car. It's grounded. You're there. And then she says you're going to counteract the stress now. So you're thinking... Okay, I'm grounded, I'm on the seat of the car, I'm calming down, and then you're going to rub your belly and you're going to talk to baby, and you know, it's okay baby, that was pretty scary, but we're okay, I love you, and then you're going to say, okay, let's go get some ice cream. And you probably just smiled right now listening to the podcast. I know that I'm smiling right now because for most of us, ice cream has positive associations. Or you might think that you're going to go to your favorite restaurant or or you're going to go home and get in the shower uh, or a warm bath or something. The point is, is that it's something to you that's super relaxing. And what that does is that releases oxytocin. Um, oxytocin is part of the, the, the relaxation system. So... Adrenaline is part of the fight-or-flight response, and then the connection and relaxation uh, system or response is, that's kind of the opposite of fight-or-flight. 
that's the opposite of that system. So you activate that when you think about something like ice cream, Corwin, shh, or sitting down at your favorite restaurant, or being in your lover's arms, or whatever it may be, that just causes you to have those warm, fuzzy smiles, that feeling of contentment. You might, so if you're in the car still, you might put on some music from your have your phone play music or put on some music on the radio that's really calming for you. Corwin. You do what, what it takes to counteract that stressful situation. And there was um, an issue of Birth and Babies magazine, and I don't remember which issue it was. I think it may have been the third issue. But there was an issue where a, a mom had submitted an article, and she was talking about she had a pregnancy that she would consider the most stressful pregnancy. There was a lot of stuff going on, illness and problems in her family, and they were moving and all kinds of stuff that we normally think about as very stressful. And what she did is anytime she got really stressed, she would take a minute to close her eyes and rub her belly and just think about holding and nursing her baby because that caused an instantaneous oxytocin response. And she said on the days when it was really hard, she would she would do the same thing. You know, she would rub and talk to her baby and think about nursing her baby, but she would go and be alone for a minute and just fold and refold baby clothes. So they got a drawer ready where she could have the baby clothes. And just doing that and anticipating the baby really helped her. And some moms who are feeling ambivalent that the baby clothes folding doesn't have the same effect, though many moms near the end of pregnancy, even if they were ambivalent early on, uh, find that they that that's comforting but but you may choose something different like listening to music or taking a warm bath or something like that but anyways just uh, connecting with your baby in that way and she said she did that on a consistent basis anytime there was something stressful and she just found that she felt a lot better and she was able to handle all of those situations much more calmly than she would have been and when her baby was born she was super laid back just the easiest baby to to interact with and take care of and this mama really thought that those constant baths of oxytocin were beneficial so even though she was living through a situation of chronic constant stress her conscious choice to continue to bring in that oxytocin and relaxation even throughout that made a huge difference in the prenatal environment for her baby and it kind of primed her baby to be relaxed to be laid back and that is a baby who will really thrive and that's I mean that's the kind of wiring you want your baby to be relaxed to feel safe secure trusting and to want to foster connections in, in a prenatal environment that's flooded primarily with oxytocin and other relaxation hormones is, is the best. So again, stress is not bad. You will face some stressful situations. But by doing what I just described with Karen, or I think the author of that article's name was Denise, what they did was they had stressful situations and then they counteracted it. And that is teaching your baby healthy lessons. Remember what I just read from David Chamberlain talks about how babies learn in the womb. So your baby learns, okay, I experience stress and I experience th this hormonal flood, but then relaxation comes. Then that floods down over me and I'm able to feel, I'm able to feel relaxed. Your baby is learning healthy stress responses. 
and that's really what you want. Another, uh, there, there have been a lot of doctors who have studied this, uh, a lot actually interestingly, many of them male doctors, and they've really been some of the pioneers in prenatal psychology is a lot of what this field is called, or a lot of, uh, where a lot of the lessons about this have come from. And I believe that it was Dr. Worth who, who discussed this, Dr. Frederick Worth. I'm going to give you several, several different people to look into, but um, Dr. Frederick Worth, I'm pretty sure is the one who said this, but he had a mom who, she was, you know, she was a high-level corporate executive, and she had a really stressful job, as often goes along with corporate work, and she had a first baby, and that baby just, the baby came early, she had premature labor, the baby hadn't grown very well during pregnancy, the baby was really fussy after he was born, and so she she uh, consulted with Dr. Worth at the beginning of her next pregnancy to help figure out, you know, is there anything that I could do? And Dr. Worth looked at just her daily schedule and what her diet was like and everything, and he said, I can help you, but you're going to have to make some major changes to your lifestyle. And you know, this baby and this pregnancy are worth that as long as you feel the same way. And the mom, you know, she saw all the trouble that her older child had had and did not wish to repeat that. And so she listened to Dr. Worth's suggestions and really cut out a lot of that stress, cut back on hours, built in periods of rest and relaxation throughout her day. I mean, she really just made accommodations for even though the fact that she was in her career and she did stay with her job, she helped find the accommodations that she needed to make in order to to decompress from that situation and part of it was really cutting back hours and I think she started her maternity leave earlier but this the second baby was carried to term and was a much calmer much happier baby and she really enjoyed that pregnancy a lot more so that's just another testament to the fact that you can make a huge impact and the prenatal environment impacts so much from baby temperament on it's just it's incredible and I feel like um, I had a pregnancy and you can actually read about this I can link to it but because I, I wrote a series of blog entries called walking through shadows but I had one of my pregnancies where I was very you know, I was very ambivalent during the pregnancy, and I had a, I, I suffered from prenatal depression, um, and I was able to overcome it about halfway through the pregnancy. But the very first half of that pregnancy was really dark, and my my thought life and my emotions were just very dark, and I was really struggling. And my midwife and good nutrition and a whole bunch of other things you can read about in the article series helped me to overcome that, but. But the point is, is that uh, when when Honor was born, she was super fussy, and I do feel like part of why she was super fussy is because uh, because I was so very just depressed, and so she when she was going through that initial development, it was just it it was. It was not a good place for her to be. It was constant stress, and I think that that really contributed to it. Now, 
like I said, I pulled myself out of it through the second half of pregnancy and her birth was a beautiful birth and I was just so in love with her the minute that I held her and it didn't matter how fussy she was. I mean, I was just on cloud nine for her entire first year and she she went from being a really fussy baby to just she just morphed into the sweetest brightest most joyful toddler and she still is just this incredibly joyful little person at three now and so I share that with you because I want to share with you that I don't believe that just because you have a stressful pregnancy it's written in stone that you're gonna have a baby who is gonna be uh, you know who is gonna be super cranky all throughout life and struggle I think that a lot of the choices that you make for your baby once once they're born can have a huge impact and I really think that's what what was going on with honor that she you know once she was born and all of that was behind me I was really able to be there for her and I think even a child can heal when a mama suffers from postpartum depression it's just you may take time and work but one of the most encouraging things that I've learned when studying oxytocin and all these effects is that our brains are very plastic I mean they're very easy to mold and you can mold and rewrite things and uh, nurture your child and, and that sort of thing okay so anyways I don't want to ramble too much but basically just it's miraculous how aware our babies are in the womb and how influenced they are by our emotions and that really being conscious of that can help you even with a stressful situation to to calm down and to relax and then to bathe your baby in those optimal hormones of love and connection and those same hormones of love and connection the higher the levels you build during pregnancy the smoother labor and birth go and the smoother bonding goes and actually some research has shown that those moms not who have the most um, oxytocin and oxytocin receptors but those who increase the most from early in pregnancy to late in pregnancy are the ones who have the absolute best hormonal responses and responses in labor and birth. So that's really encouraging. So and things are really stressful for you right now. Just talk, do some of what I've talked about. You know, do like Denise talked about in her article where anytime something is stressful, you find some time to calm down. Or like the mom that Dr. Worth worked with who is in the stressful corporate situation. She built rest periods into her day. So even if she had a really stressful meeting or a really stressful phone call, she knew that she was about to to relax after that and have some time just to bond with her baby and think about her baby. So you're counteracting that stress. You're bringing that oxytocin in for your baby and that will really boost your levels. And as you get in the habit of doing that, it has such an important impact. And dad, you can help facilitate this by really encouraging your wife, your partner to to just uh, love herself, to do what she needs to do, to nourish herself, to take those warm baths, to sit down and listen to that music, watch those silly romance movies with her that you know both make you grin, um, make love, hug lots and lots, kiss, hold hands, uh, pet your pet, take your dog for a walk, rub your cat, prepare meals that you enjoy together. These are all things that boost the oxytocin response. And of course, thinking about your baby, talking about baby names, preparing the nursery or, or preparing your bedroom for the family bed. All of those are things that really help boost oxytocin response. 
and dad, remember you can help run interference from outside influences and help mom say no maybe to family members who are being pushy or pressuring. You just kind of stand and be a gatekeeper for her and that helps protect her. But all of these things really boost oxytocin and can be an incredible asset for you and for your baby and helping create that environment in the womb where there's not only this growth and this rest and this pause, but baby is learning the world is a good place, this is a healthy way to handle stress, and you know that being relaxed and calm and joyful and connected is really a good default because that's the, that's the experience that you want your baby to have during pregnancy and you have so much power over it so I hope that this recording has been empowering for you with that I'm at the 30 minute mark so I'm gonna wrap up for you because I know I went long last week um, so if you are still pregnant right now then you can get um, my newsletter at trustbirth101.com or if you're looking for a childbirth course that really digs into a lot of this prenatal psychology physiological birth how you can bring oxytocin into your pregnancy as well as how you can prepare for a smooth and safe natural birth check out my mama baby birthing classes at mamababybirthing.com that's m-a-m-a babybirthing.com um, and otherwise, leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher because they really help rankings and help other parents find these podcasts. And I will talk to you next week about baby's experience of childbirth. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.